In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Do not let your hearts be troubled. Mighty and pray God soothing words to hear in these days. Last Sunday, I spoke from this pulpit about the heroic life of the first Catholics in Japan and how long they suffered without the sacraments in time of persecution and how they persevered to a great revival of the faith. Then earlier this week, I sent out on successive days suggestions on how an ordinary Christian might ordinary order their daily life in prayer, then about a traditional rhythm of the week, and then after that, some upcoming dates of pious devotions we might make together or individually, the rogation days, the return of Eucharistic adoration, the special vigil mass of Pentecost, the public procession on Corpus Christi. And if you're saying, I didn't get any of this, go to dellscatholic.flocknote.com. For those watching online, it's in the description section below. You can go straight there and, and sign up. Heck, even if you check out of the homily and go sign up for Flocknote right now, I won't be offended. I wish to speak to you briefly today about the life of a man named Cardinal Francis Xavier Nguyen Van Thuan. And just because that's hard to remember, we'll just say Cardinal Nguyen. That's N-G-U-Y-E-N. Cardinal Nguyen was born to a Catholic family in South Vietnam before the Vietnam War. Grew up, became a priest, and was a priest during the time of the Vietnam War when North Vietnam eventually conquered the South and the one nation of Vietnam became a communist dictatorship where the faith was banned. He eventually was named, though in secret, the Archbishop of Saigon, or Ho Chi Minh City. And as he ministered secretly, eventually he was found out, arrested, and put in prison in a labor camp where he was for many, many years. They only released him when he was an old man and sent him first to France and eventually he went to Rome. When he went to Rome, it is when he learned that in the late, excuse me, in the early 1990s, Pope John Paul II had secretly named him a cardinal but couldn't make it public because he was imprisoned in a labor camp. A book he wrote about his prayer life greatly inspired me in the seminary. This believing Christian man, an archbishop, a successor to the apostles, a cardinal, a prince of the Holy Roman Church, there in his little gray jumpsuit, in his concrete cell, with a pile of straw for a pillow, and a little bucket in the corner for public toilet, no access to books, no access to the outside world whatsoever. And he began to talk in his writings about how grateful he was. He had learned from his parents and disciplined himself as a seminarian and a priest to memorize many passages from sacred scripture. 
And he said every day he was very faithful to his mental prayer or his personal meditation in prayer. He wrote how though he was beaten many times, he was glad they never cut off any of his fingers. That way, even when he was weary, he could count to ten and say the Holy Rosary of Our Lady. How grateful he was he had made the personal discipline, this has inspired me a great deal, to memorize the first Eucharistic prayer and the prayers of Ash Wednesday, Easter Sunday, and Christmas morning. And so even though he had no vestments, no altar, no bread, nor wine, he would say what is popularly called a dry mass. From his memory, he would say the prayers of the mass. But of course, when it came time for this is my body, this is my blood, he could not say it. There was no bread or wine there. He wrote eventually the guard that was given to him snuck into him a little vial with droplets of wine, a little crust of bread, and he made out of some aluminum foil that his meals came on. He said he folded a little chalice and a little paten and said mass. That guard, he found out the next day, disappeared. Turned out because of Cardinal Van Tuan's influence, the guard had converted and found, had discovered secret Christians and was baptized and became a Catholic. Cardinal Van Tuan has no idea what ever happened to that man. In fact, eventually they stopped giving him guards because they kept converting to the faith. Now, we are not in that drastic of a situation. Let's all be honest about that. But don't let your hearts be troubled. Rather, like living stones, let yourselves be built into a spiritual house a holy priesthood offering spiritual sacrifices acceptable to God through Jesus Christ. I am no hero, but I am doing my best in legitimate channels to strive to make legitimate authority make the celebration of Mass public again. Let's pray God will work that grace. But what I learned from Cardinal Van Tuan in his book is Everything can be taken away. Your books, your masses, your vestments, your rectory, your house, your family, your freedom to move around. All that can be, pray God is it, but can be taken away. But they can never take the love for God you hold in your heart. That opening prayer for Matt, I feel like I need to memorize the prayer for the fifth Sunday of Easter. That we remember our holy baptism and through that remembrance walk the ways of this earth unto life eternal where a place is prepared for us. And so we struggle and wonder and get frustrated and get happy and get sad. But we don't get afraid because we hold that sanctification of prayer in our hearts. And by God's grace, we'll be back to the sacraments right quick. So let us go to Holy Mary, who has made our mother from the cross, who was made mother of the whole church at Pentecost, whose image we will crown at Mass later today.
that taking her as our mother which was given, we might grow in greater fidelity to our her son, Jesus Christ. And why? Because resurrexit sicut dixit, Dominus surrexit vere, Alleluia. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen.